Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Now, I'm no money man, but Bud Light sales are down a quarter. And that's that's got to be a lot of dough because they are the uh, top-selling beer right. in North America. So to lose a quarter is a big chunk of change. Mm-hmm. It's all based on this whole craziness around the transgender social media influencer the woman who was uh, taking the photos with the Bud Light, and then of course morons like Kid Rock were shooting the cases and all of that. I laughed at uh, the realization after I saw that video when I thought, "Wow, that must have really stung Bud Light because Kid Rock went out and bought that beer <laughs> and then shot the cases." Anyhow, there's a real problem for Bud Light. Their sales are way down, and so much so that they fired the marketing team that put together that transgender. Oh wow. Ad. And they're uh, going, they were trying to get away from their frat boy, out-of-touch humor yeah. uh, that uh, they had done in previous ads. But you got to know your, your customer. And if your customer is more right-wing leaning and more gun-toting and maybe more frat boy, you know, then that's who you sell to. Right. You're not really selling to the NPR crowd. Well, listen, any, any ad campaign, regardless of it's woke or, or not, that mm-hmm. loses a quarter... Is is going to be gone, mm-hmm. right? Um, but this isn't the first time Bud Light is. They've had rainbows on cans for That's years. Right. That's right. Right? It's just the first time they've taken that to the level of having a transgender spokesperson. Yeah. Um, you know, people will say no publicity, uh, or all publicity is good publicity. But uh, so this this might not matter long term for for Bud Light. But right now uh, they're feeling the impact, and they say they're in some serious trouble this year. If they a couple of people around. posting pictures of you know more American shelves, yeah, uh, uh, that you know show basically the cases of beer and Bud Light and Budweiser are full, whereas really? everything else is out of stock. It is funny how beer sales go in waves, and it can be a little thing. Like, I got hooked onto the Michelob Ultras a while back, and it seems to be very popular. Whenever I go to the beer store, they seem sold out or down to the last few cases. Yeah, the low calorie in general, everyone's yeah. going to turn to it. And it didn't hurt that the one dude was seen behind Tiger Woods with a Michelob Ultra in his hand. Yeah. So it seems to have become... It feels like to me when I'm on the golf course and I see other guys with beer in their cart, I see a lot of Michelob Ultras. Right. You know. So it's having its moment. Yes. You know, and it, it all goes in waves. I remember when, like, Land Shark was a big deal for a while. Yeah, there, it was you know? new. Was... Yeah, Rolling Rock had a moment. Right. right. They all do. But, listen, again, I'm no money expert. But wouldn't it make sense if they're going to have a tough year? Because you got to think Bud Light sales will bounce back inevitably. Wouldn't you buy some Bud Light stock now? Wouldn't that make sense? Oh, but most people who are thinking that are just buying the beer. <laughs> that doesn't mean just buy Bud Light. No, I've I've never. I don't know that I've ever uh, bought stock. I mean, I have a financial advisor. I believe she's buying something, <laughs> food for her family, probably with my money. <laughs> But paying her she, mortgage, she seems to be doing very well. She's putting a pool in. I'm not kidding. She's putting a pool in. My numbers have been down over the last three years. Tell her to fill it with Bud Light. <laughs> but I don't know. Can you can you just go online and willy nilly take like a buy some Anheuser Busch? Can you do that? Uh, Is that a thing? Well, I I don't know if you can just go. It's publicly traded. You can right. go and you can tell her to I guess buy some buy some stock. Yeah. 
You know me. I'd buy it, and Bud Light would just absolutely... <laughs> the whole Anheuser-Busch company would just tank. Much has been made of the effects the pandemic had on high school kids. There's some positives, plenty of negatives, of course. And there's this, which you may consider good or bad. COVID-19 really got in the way of teenagers' sexual activity. And I would think there'd be many parents who would say, good, good. Now let's keep it around. You think? Yeah. You're stuck at home for two years? Oh, man. You and I uh, said early on that when you look back to your teen years, when you were about 17 or 18, 16, 15, the, the minute girls really started to become an important factor in, in your life, that first girlfriend, that first real crush, if you couldn't be around her all the time, right? It, you'd go insane. Right. I yeah, mean, and, and and not even like listen, even not even a girlfriend necessarily or, or a significant other mm. that you're in a relationship. Just being in that group, yeah, you know, like yeah. uh, like you had a penchant for stalking. <laughs> yes, <laughs> tough to do and not easy when you can't be in a room with no, a person. It's not easy to think of the uh, the love that was built for Marie and I as I hid in the shrubs at her parents' place. <laughs> I guess technically you could have still done that. I was outside. Right. And I was distanced. <laughs> I was socially distanced. You were very distanced. Legally. <laughs> no six feet. We had a 500-foot restraining <laughs> order. It was great for stalkers. Uh-huh. Not so much for people who liked, I don't know, meeting in person. Um, a uh, survey on risky youth behaviors, including smoking, drinking, having sex. Uh, had more than 17,000 students participate. Now, 30 years ago, more than half of teens said they were having sex. More than half. By 2019, that had dropped to 38%. And in 2021, in the wake of the pandemic, just 30% of teens said they had ever had sex. Mm. Now, you can blame the pandemic, but I also truly believe you can also blame the phone. Because our access to porn and other things... right. It's so accessible for a lot of teen boys. Why face the embarrassment of being rejected when you can just have at yourself with your phone in your hand? <laughs> and I think it's a real, uh, it's a real problem. There is something to be said about growing as a human being right. by facing all sorts of rejection, mm-hmm. be it from the opposite sex, be it from an employer, be it from your parents. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm still dealing with in therapy. Uh, it's the sharpest drop ever, according to this uh, survey of uh, teens having sex. Yeah. But those who are having sex say they, they've had at least four sexual partners. Okay. As a teen? Well, no, I've had four in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well... I count me. <laughs> I guess I'm in the ballpark of four. I was uh, in a church last night for a confirmation. Oh, that's right. And I once again was confirmed why I'm not a part of that organization. <laughs> the um, Now, hang on. What was the, You said early evening. What was the timing of this? started at 7. We didn't get out of there till 8.30. Right at puck drop. Oh, yeah. Well, I caught the last period. You got it. Well, I mean, the fact you got into there in an hour and a half is. 
Well, actually, it's, it's not like a full mass, which usually is about an hour. And okay. Usually, with a confirmation, it's about 45 minutes. It's, it's amazing that a non-Catholic, non-religious believing person is telling you, a Catholic <laughs> believer, how this works. I just said usually these take a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the best part of it, let me tell you. So, I believe he was a bishop. Uh, I believe he had no understanding of how to talk into a microphone. <laughs> and so, for about a half an hour or more, this is what I heard. <laughs> Did anyone uh, say please speak up? Well, it was weird because there was four men involved, and they all kind of. So I don't know if there was an issue with their microphone or their their speakers, or I don't know. They all talked. Now I don't expect them to be yelling. Right. I get it. It's a church. You got to find some kind of spot between the Catholic religion and like the black gospel moment. Right. You know, yeah. there's got to be a, a middle ground there somewhere. I don't know, but there are some churches you go into, and it has the technical production of an Andrew Lloyd Webber. Sure. Like it, it's amazing. This was no Hamilton. Okay. No. This was like a, a bad school production. Right. And so when the basket came around, I said, I'm not throwing in. I, I didn't get my money's worth. I want a performance <laughs> just, up there. Just, just throw in advice. I took five bucks out. <laughs> throw, throw in mic <laughs> technique. <laughs> I wish I should have gone up there and moved him aside and said, look, Padre. I'm, I'm a professional. Padre, this is how it works. <laughs> Start off with a penis joke. <laughs> I, I, not even any jokes. Like, I've been in church for um, uh, communions and confirmations right. where usually... Like even a little go leaves go would have yes. been people would have, I would have thrown them a twenty just yes. for that. Yes, uh, they're looking for some personality, something with their preaching. Yeah, but it was a packed house, bunch of kids getting the confirmation. So yeah, so I uh, missed the uh, first two periods. By the time we got back to my nephew's place for a little bite to eat, the third period had just started. Well, that would have been exciting then at that point. It was uh, yeah. Well, for uh, for all the Leaf fans, it was amazing. You get back to my nephew's place, and there's about twenty people. In the house, and they're all, you know, done up in suits and stuff. And I turn around, and it's just a sea of blue jerseys. Like, how, how that? Were you wearing them under the suit? Like how Superman did, stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, from what I understand, um, maybe one of the worst performances by the the lease. Oh, I don't know about that. This is what I'm hearing in the room. Really. Last night. Um, well, I mean, not in playoffs like regular season, just like a bad game. Oh, really? No, yeah. I, I personally, I didn't think so. I thought the, I thought the Leafs for for big stretches of that game were the better team. Mm. Uh, and you know, Sergei Bobrovsky is another really good goaltender. We said that in, in the Eastern Conference, they'd have to face good goaltending the entire way through. But I, I think I, I left that game with a positive, saying, mm. okay, you dropped game one, that's fine. You know, I still expected the Leafs to win in, in, in six, just like the last series. You're going to have to lose a game here and there. And But unlike the Tampa series, where the Leafs were not the better team but squeaked out a victory, mm. this time it looked to me like they were the better team that lost the game. Didn't you see, say Leafs in five for this uh, one? I said my heart said Leafs oh, in five, right, right, but I really think right. Leafs in six. All right. Now I really think Leafs in six. But... Um, yeah, I I don't think, you know, there's all doom and gloom for Leaf fans coming out of that game. No. I think there was a lot of positives to build on, but this is going to be a pretty wide-open series. There, there was back-and-forth action. I think the first period, which you missed, uh, there might have been about four whistles. Like It, it was really, really yeah. quick, back-and-forth, a lot of action going on. And and in that type of series, when, when you open it up like that, mm. I mean, the Leafs can score with the best of them, but 
if you get out goaltended, and and they got out dueled a bit in this one, and that's yeah. tough. I mean, uh, to have two a uh, two man advantage, or was it because they pulled the goalie, and then there was that very late penalty? Yeah, the late four minute was. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, I guess when you pull the goalie, you get the extra attacker on, but it was a little too little yeah, too late. Thirty seven seconds or whatever left by the time I think that all got uh, sorted out. So anyhow, when's the next one? <laughs> uh, they'll go again Thursday night. And, and speaking of power plays, the Leafs had two early in the first period mm. that they didn't score on, and that was you know they have to get scoring on the power play. Yeah, and I understand uh, no Saturday night game either. No, it's odd. In fact, I think the only Saturday night game is the Edmonton Vegas series. Mm. And it'll be which will be an early. They'll do it an early game in Vegas at seven o'clock here. But um, but yeah, there's it's very rare that you don't see that. In fact, after Thursday, they don't play until Sunday. What are men to do on Saturday nights? Oh my yeah, goodness! To talk to your family. The Hollywood writers are all on strike. That means many shows are going dark. All the late night talk shows, The Daily Show, Last Week Tonight, Real Time with Bill Maher. What am I going to do? Right. Um, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, all of them, uh, they are down. Not just the talk shows, but others to have gone dark include Abbott Elementary, um, Cobra Kai, Yellow Jackets. The only thing that seems to be good to go is Game of Thrones and the spin-off House of the Dragon. All their scripts have been turned in, and filming has already begun, so it's expected to keep, uh, to keep going. Uh, now, there is some uh, disgruntled writers already. Jimmy Fallon's staff seem to be upset with him. At the uh, Met Gala on Monday night, Jimmy Fallon said he would support his writers all the way in the event of a strike. But one of his own employees says he's not putting his money where his mouth is, a staff member on The Tonight Show. Yesterday tweeted, he wasn't even at the meeting this morning to tell us we won't get paid after this week. Uh, the uh, staff uh, member also said, uh, hey, at Jimmy Fallon, please support your staff. Had fun bowling with you last week, but a fun party won't pay my rent. <laughs> um, in addition to not paying employees after this week, uh, NBC, it says, uh, plans to cut their health insurance after this month if the strike is still going. Wow. They're all in limbo. Seth Myers has told his staff he'd take care of them financially. Um, I, I saw this uh, writer, Adam Conover, who was being interviewed on uh, on CNN about it. Yeah. And, um, and he just said, well, like, listen, we're, we're asking, we have people who are writing for these shows that are raking in money, mm -hmm. and we can't make our rent. Yeah, for, you know, or cover our, our expenses. Uh, and he was on CNN being interviewed. He said, uh, he said, David Zaslav, the CEO at Warner Brothers Discovery, which is the parent company of the CNN network, mm. uh, was paid $250 million last year. Mm. A quarter of a billion dollars. And yes, he is the head of the company. But yep. when you look at that and think, well, does anyone, should, should anyone really be making a quarter of a billion dollars? Who isn't the owner of mm. something? Yeah, yeah, no, it's but that's true across the board of all businesses, right? Right. Uh, and the other big problem, I guess, for the Hollywood writers is their uh, compensation from streaming. They say the uh, studios have used the transition to streaming to cut writers' pay and separate writing from production, mm. worsening work conditions for series writers at all levels. So. Well, I mean, for the writers, I think the greatest example would be the fact that these shows can't go on without them. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. like it's, and we all look at the, the Jimmy Kimmel, Seth Meyers, Bill Mars, and think, oh, how hilarious they are. Mm. But they can't do their show without their writers being yeah. there. It's not like, it's not like the, you know, uh, the director 
and the cameraman mm. is missing. No, they're still there. So <laughs> yep. if Jimmy could just go on and do the show himself without a writer. You know, they often, I've heard, you know, like when James Cameron, uh, Cameron, not Cameron, uh, Corden shut uh, his show down, the Late Late Show, and, and he gave it up. He said, oh, you know, the stress, the stress. Now, okay, he's out filming bits and doing things, and I get that. But it's a one-hour show per day right. with a staff of well over 100 people. You know, listen, we do, and of course, not to the level of any of that, but this is four hours live. Right. With just the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that show was losing millions now. Like yeah. Real differing uh, numbers coming out was Corden, when he left, was saying, yeah, they offered him a ton of money mm -hmm. to stay and keep doing the show. And now there's rumors coming out that now they're kind of glad it's over because it was losing tens of millions a year. Yeah. They yeah. Had $60 million a year production budget. Yeah, 65 and they were making 45. Yeah. So... Ed Sheeran saying his career could be over if he loses this uh, copyright infringement case. He's really not happy. He got snippy with the plaintiff's lawyer at one point, and he said, "If you guys, uh, if you guys win this, he says, I just find it so really insulting. I work really hard to be where I'm at." And then he pulled an Amber Heard and took a, boop, a poop in the box. <laughs> He's uh, he, he has basically said it. He's being sued for plagiarizing Marvin Gaye's "Let's Get It On" yeah. Yeah. Uh, with his like uh, hit track, "Thinking Out Loud." You'll hear that like at every wedding ever mm -hmm. in the future. Um, and uh, I guess he has played in concert mashups of his songs with other songs, and oh, okay. he's done that with that. But he's not being sued by Marvin Gaye's estate. It's the co-writer. Yeah. Who's who's doing it? The gay it has nothing to do with this lawsuit. So yeah. he basically said, "Listen, you know, yes, these the four power magic chords that are used in music can write basically every song. Mm -hmm. If you think I plagiarized this, then I'll just stop performing. Yeah. I'm done." I think it was Mick Jagger who said years ago that anything that could be done with a guitar and rock music has been done. Right. You know, uh, twenty actors with the biggest box office appeal. Here's a fun little game we can play. I'll say their first name. You say their last name. Oh wow! This will be easy. Top of the list, Tom. Uh, sorry, big biggest box office appeal. Yeah. Tom Hanks. Nope. Cruise. Yep. Okay. The. The Rock. <laughs> right. Another Tom. Uh, that would be Hanks. Yeah. Brad. Pitt. Denzel. Washington. Julia. Uh, Julia Roberts? Yeah, first woman on the list. Really? Number six. Will. Um, Will Ferrell? Smith. Will Smith. Yeah, number seven the on flapper. the list. Yeah. Okay. This this will be a tough one. Leonardo. Oh, right, DiCaprio. Johnny. Depp. Kevin. Hart. Yep. Wow. Piano. Reeves. Sandra. Bullock. Ryan. Reynolds. Adam. Uh, Adam. Yeah. Adam Sandler. Yes. Oh, right. Harrison. Ford. George. I, I can't believe how old some of these yeah. people are, especially the women. I, I would have thought like a Jennifer Lawrence would have been yeah. higher up on that list. Hang on. Who's the George? Oh. The guy who looks a lot like me. <laughs> oh, Clooney. Yes. Right. Yeah. How did I not get that one right away? <laughs> Robert. Uh... Well, by the age, I would say Redford. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it's Downey Jr. Yeah. Ange Angelina? <laughs> She's still on that yeah, list. she is. Jolie. Yeah. Holy cow. Morgan? Freeman's down there. Yeah. And Chris? That is a lot of Chris's. This is a tough one. Um, I'll give you this one. Hang on a second, because there's Hemsworth. There you go. Is it really? Yeah.
You did uh, good. Uh, that's not even the one I was thinking, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Costner's getting a divorce after 18 years of marriage. Is he really? Maybe he could date Cher. Maybe that's why he he's done with the... Uh, uh, the, yellow the TV, not yellow, no, the yellow, yellow stone. stone. Yeah. Maybe he's got a lot going on in the personal life. Perhaps. And or maybe he just wants to get his income down to as little low as possible. Although the story claims that uh, she's not getting any spousal support because she uh, has a prenup, but they got three kids together. Okay. Two, like 12, 14, and 15. And isn't, isn't Kevin Costner like 65 or 70? I would think he's in his early yeah. 70s. Jeff Bridges says having cancer and COVID just made his love grow. Well, that's such a big Lebowski kind what? of thing to say. Well, his love and appreciation of everybody in life. Right. Oh, yeah. And there's a company who will pay you a thousand bucks to track the car crashes in all ten Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> Some insurance company wants to figure out what all the accidents would cost to repair. That's, uh, it's not worth a thousand bucks. Uh, every year, Uber releases uh, some of the most common things people have forgotten in their cars. And uh, topping the list includes clothing, phones, purses and backpacks, wallets, headphones, jewelry, keys, books, laptops, watches. But then there's the odd things. Right. Some of the odd and strange and different, unique things people left in Ubers last year. A Danny DeVito Christmas ornament. <laughs> Because <laughs> nothing says Christmas like Danny DeVito. A fog machine. Oh. An ankle monitor. Right. A unicycle. 16 ounces of fake blood. <laughs> 16 ounces? Yeah. Yeah. A green foam statue of Liberty Crown. A lightsaber. A few hamsters. A few. <laughs> Richard Gere? Perhaps. Were you riding? Six cheesecakes. Wow. Two fingernails. Sounds like the Christmas song. A bidet. What? I often carry my bidet with me at all times. <laughs> you never know when you're going to need a quick clean. <laughs> Places just run out of toilet paper. Yeah. You, need, you need to have one at all times. Uh, a rash cream. Oh, we no. We don't know what kind of rash. Right. I'm going ringworm. Yeah. A pregnancy test. <laughs> a slushy machine. <laughs> a fake tooth. Oh. And someone's painting of their wife. Wow. Yeah. I mean, listen, you, you very easily can forget a backpack, purse, oh, sure. handbag, or, or phone, especially late night, the drunken ones. Oh, sure. Who stumble in and out of those things. Yeah. There is no bigger a panic than when you reach for your phone or keys and or you realize wallet, yeah. you've, you've left them sitting somewhere. Mm. That happened to me at the casino in Windsor, and luckily I found my phone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a massive panic, especially with the phone, because, you know, it's just our whole life in that stupid thing. So anyhow, uh, I'm glad to know somebody found my uh, my hamsters. <laughs> I didn't know where I put them. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.